0: Alrighty, table is set. Let's get this happening. It's an employment law show. Indeed, we're back. John Scholes here, Lior Samfiru, joining as well. The email address anytime, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the website you can use, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, at uh, your leisure as well. Give you some more contact information throughout the half hour, how to get a hold of Lior and his team. When we're not doing the show, and the main topic for uh, this evening, anyway, your uh, employer is probably making these mistakes, so you should know about it. We'll fill you in on some of those in just a bit, Leor. But uh, we always get warmed up, as you like to say, with the case of the day, pal. What's going on, on your end?
1: Hey, John. Employment law, of course, is what we want to talk about today. You know, we have important things to discuss. These are important issues, things that affect you. It's rare that an employment issue is just minor, that it just rolls off your back. Usually if you're dealing with an employment issue, it truly is a big deal, at least for you. It's something that affects you. It's something that makes you wonder and even question your future with the company. But the good news is we have laws, we have rights, and they're quite extensive. So many people don't know what those rights are. They assume that there's no options. They assume that the employer has all the rights and all the powers. Well, guess what? Not the case. And that's the whole purpose of this show, to even out the playing field so that you understand what those rights are, so you know what to do if you're facing a workplace problem. Of course, if you're in that situation, something's not going your way, just you're you're not sure that your employer is doing something right easy to do. We'll give you my contact information in the office throughout uh, this uh, half hour, whether it's a wrongful dismissal, dismissal, whether it's an issue about overtime, whether it's an issue about harassment and discrimination. If it touches on the workplace, we got your back. But case of the day, of course, where I like to start, this is a bit of a unique situation, but uh, certainly the, the, the principles that we've been discussing for years still apply. So I spoke with a a gentleman, let's call him Robert, uh, earlier today. And uh, what happened in, in Robert's workplace, unfortunately, another employee got injured, a workplace injury, something, you know, happened in the workplace. That employer investigated what happened, and ultimately the employer sent an email to the uh, entire company outlining what happened. But in this email, they really made this, this Robert person a bit of the scapegoat. They essentially were pointing the finger that saying that, you know, the, the reason there was an accident, the reason there weren't improper safety mechanisms in place is really this, this Robert's guy's fault. Ob- obviously, Robert was taken aback. It really wasn't his fault. This was a much bigger issue than just him. This was just a company trying to point the fingers to, to deflect responsibility. And, and he was, you know, very hurt and dismayed by this. And and he called me and he wanted to know, what do I do here? I mean, they've just made me seem like this irresponsible person, that I was the reason why someone got injured. You know, what does this all mean? So here's the the answer to that. Number one, if your employer says something negative about you to everyone and, and, and it's false, it's not true, well, that could absolutely be defamation. Right? You can't just say things that are false, that are negative about someone, make those public comments, because that impacts someone, that can impact their ability to continue working, and that's illegal, defamation. So there's absolutely the possibility to take legal action here for defamation. But it's more than just that. Because of how this employer sent this email and what they said, how does he now face his colleagues? How does he go to work and pretend like everything is cool? when you know, everyone was told, hey, this is the irresponsible guy, this is the guy that caused someone to be injured. Well, because now his stature in the workplace has been impacted, his ability to continue work, to, uh, to do work has been impacted, this can also be a constructive dismissal. By creating this situation where now he can't just continue working the way he was, it's as if the company let him go. He can choose to treat this as a termination of employment and get his full severance. Now again, the company hasn't let him go. They didn't send him a letter saying you're gone. No, no, they just sent us an email. But because of the effect on him, on on the workplace, on his ability to work, that's a constructive dismissal. So this is a reminder here that words do have effect, and they have meaning, and they have the ability to impact rights. And if your employer does something, embarrasses you, puts you down, creates an, an environment that makes it difficult to continue working, could be defamation. It could be stru- constructive dismissal. You have rights, and you don't have to just quit. You don't have to just hide in the corner and, and, and accept it. There are rights here, and the employer can't just do whatever it wants.
0: It's interesting. I mean, it's obviously, you're dead on, but it, it's almost nuanced. A lot of employers wouldn't realize something like that, or just like they realize when they give you a demotion, they take away duties, but it's like, hey, we're not touching your pay. You're still making the same whatever money every week. That's not always going to save them either, right? I feel like it's the same sort of thing that some employers don't realize they're doing a wrong, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It is very similar. To put it in the same category. If an employer demotes you, even if the pay is the same. Well, how does that look to your colleagues, right? You right. still have to go to work. Well, yep. hey, you know how this, this, uh, this guy, you know, he used to be a manager, now he's not a manager, he must have done something really bad. Wow, it, it, it really uh, is an indication of the quality of work he's doing. So how do you continue to work? It's embarrassing, it, it's gonna impact your, your, your ability to work. That could be a constructive dismissal. So uh, when you're, you're demoted, your employer does something that affects your stature in the workplace, regardless of pay. If that happens and you can show it, absolutely, we're in constructive dismissal territory.
0: As I mentioned, main topic, your employer is probably doing these things, making these mistakes, so you should know about a Good way to set the table with that, uh, that opener for sure. We'll take a short break, get into it. We continue. This is the Employment Law Show. Hang in there. You betcha. Welcome back. We are here. You are here. John Scholes, Lior Samfiru, reaching out to Lior when we're not doing the show. As I mentioned, 1-855-821-5900. Write that down. Keep it. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the address is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca online for a website that is built just to educate you and have free access as well to the severance calculator. We're going to get into our topic for the rest of the show momentarily. Your employer is probably making these mistakes, so you should know about it. We'll do that after we get to uh, to Laura. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for taking the time. How are you? Hi, good. Thanks for you. Excellent. What's on your mind?
2: So I'm calling uh, on behalf of my friend. She is a senior citizen. She's elderly. She's... Certainly very capable, despite her that some consider too old, Um, those being uh, one of them, her boss. Um, He treats her horribly. He's humiliated her. He makes fun of her, teases her. Um, He's denied her vacation on her deserved religious holiday. And um, he's reprimanded her for it, for taking it anyway um he's trying to get her to quit she knows this but she's too uh afraid to speak up for herself she's uh on um she's by herself now she's widowed and she's um she wants to continue working and she's good at what she does
1: so here's the thing laura obviously if, if, if if she simply does nothing then then nothing is going to change right obviously we can all agree to that so Here's what I would say, and, and maybe this is something you can you can help her with. Uh, the key here is is the ability to, to show to prove this this mistreatment, this harassment by the by the boss, because you can obviously appreciate that the boss is not just going to admit it. The boss is not going to say yes, I, I mistreated this person. So, is is there a way to you know? help her record a conversation when she's speaking to him, you know, without him knowing. Or perhaps after a meeting when certain things are said, uh, an email can be sent to the boss confirming what was said in the meeting. I need a way to be able to show this, to document this. If we have that, then potentially we can get her out of there with full compensation so she doesn't have to continue working in that kind of abusive uh, work environment. But mm-hmm. if it's ultimately she says I was mistreated, then the boss says no, I wasn't mistreating her. That that makes it a bit tougher, if you know what I mean.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I've, uh, I've suggested uh, she keep a journal, and whenever he uh, speaks unkindly to her, um, to to log it all.
1: Yeah, that that is another good way to do it, something contemporaneous. Uh, A a journal, uh, somewhere where she writes, you know, today on October the 10th, this is what happened. Yeah, absolutely, that's helpful. But once she has that, have her call me, okay, and then we can talk about this. This could be absolutely constructive dismissal. Depending on the situation, if she's being mistreated because of her age, it could also be a human rights violation. So there's an entire host of rights that she has, But she has to be willing to to pursue those, and it starts by documenting uh, the situation and then calling me once she's been able to do that.
2: I am going to show her how to record on her phone. We're going to get.
0: Yeah, good call. Good call I'm gonna That's give exactly numbers. what we, I want uh, you to do. Yes. I'm gonna give you numbers. We let you uh, let Hello. you go here, and I know you're gonna be in touch with uh with Liora for sure. So so make that happen once you got the appropriate stuff there. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred again. One eight five five eight two one 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca is the way to uh, go about sending that email along. And uh, yeah, let's get into this. Leo. your employer is probably making these mistakes, so you should know about it. Number one, they jump the gun when terminating employment for cause. This happens weekly on our show and daily for you, right?
1: It, 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 it's very common, unbelievably common. And, and listen, in many cases, an employer may not be doing this in bad faith. They may not be doing this... Uh, to, to try to get away with anything. They simply believe that, listen, we have an employee here that did something wrong. It's factual. No, no doubt about it. They did. No. So we're going to let them go for cause. We shouldn't have to pay them severance if they did something wrong. And I can understand in a way an employer believing that and acting that way. Except, guess what? That's not the law. It's a mistake to do that. And the reason for that, the law says that to terminate someone for cause, to terminate someone without severance, it's not enough to show that they did something wrong. It really has to be bad. It has to be to the point that where just continuing them, continuing their employment is just not possible anymore. So either they did something like you know stealing or committing fraud or hitting someone, or maybe it's it's a lesser offense than that. But it's not the first time that you've documented, you've given them warning, you've given them chances to improve it, and just nothing registers. Well, then maybe you can terminate for cause. What I see a lot of employers do, the mistake that they're making is they they just don't do that. They have something that the employee did wrong, that's it, you're fired for cause, we're not paying you anything. Well, that's a wrongful dismissal, it's a mistake. So for employees, it's important to understand that just because you did something wrong, just because there was something that you did that was inappropriate, that does not mean you can be let go without your full severance. You're very, very likely still owed your full severance. So keep that in mind. Uh, And and for employers, you have to put in the work if you expect to try to let someone go for cause. You can't just jump the gun. So definitely something that's extremely common uh, and often results in a wrongful dismissal.
0: Another mistake your employer could be making, they don't properly investigate and resolve workplace harassment issues. I really hope this one has gone way down the list as maybe it was five years ago, but who knows, you'd know better, right?
1: It's gotten better. Let's put it that way, for sure. It's gotten better because, you know, 10 years ago when I, uh, kind of first started dealing with workplace harassment issues, uh, yeah, employers never took it seriously. They didn't investigate. They just said, yeah, you, you figure it out. It's gotten better. But still, every single week I talk with employees where their employer did not do uh, things properly. They didn't take harassment complaints seriously. They didn't investigate. They didn't move to fix the issues. So let's be very clear here. An employer dealing with workplace harassment, it's not just the right thing to do, it's a legal obligation. Mm. So if you complain to your employer that you're being mistreated, you're being bullied, harassed, etc., your employer has to take it seriously. They have to investigate this, even if it means bringing someone from the outside to investigate. They have to uh, get all the information and ultimately figure out a solution so that you are no longer subject to harassment. And sometimes it's not easy to do that. Sometimes it can even be very costly to do that. You know, if it's a more extensive investigation. That does not mean the employer can just bow out and not do it. A uh, big mistake that employers still make and could be very costly. If you're not investigating it properly, you could be guilty of a constructive dismissal, an employment standards violation, occupational health and safety violation, even a human rights violation. So very important for employers to take these things seriously, to investigate and deal with them properly.
0: Another thing that's uh, going down employers often make, or in this one, is really part where the employee has to be proactive, and that's put an employee on
1: a temporary layoff as well. When you talk about mistakes, man-oh-man oh man, is this one common. Uh, it, it was unbelievably common during the pandemic, but it's been common way before and, and, and since so that's the idea that an employer say no we're not letting you go. We're just going to put you off work, temporary layoff for a few weeks, and hopefully we'll bring you back at some point. And we're allowed to do this, employers say, and they think. Guess what? Wrong. It's a mistake. In most cases, an employer does not have the right to put you on a temporary layoff. If they do, that can result in a termination, or at least it gives the employee the right to consider that to be a termination of employment. So if your employer puts you on a temporary layoff, even if they have the intention to bring you back, you can choose to say, no. By putting me on a temporary layoff, you've terminated my employment. I've made that decision. Now you have to pay me my full severance. So you have that right in most cases. Now, I want you also to keep something in mind that if you don't do that, if you just say, okay, fine, I'll I'll sit at home for the three months, and I'll go back to work when they call me, by doing that, now you've given them the right to do it again. So even though your employer did not have initially the right to put you on a temporary layoff, because you accepted it that first time, now they can do it again and again, and that's not a good situation to have. So remember, employers often do this in good faith, right? They're not trying to get away with murder here. They think that they have that right, and, you know, the law could be confusing for some employers. But here's the thing, temporary layoff for most employees, for most employers, not legal
0: next one that employers uh, the mistake they're making you know they don't try hard enough to accommodate an employees medical limitations again i hope this is one that's kind of going down the list more and more kind of like uh kind of like layoffs or what do you think
1: Now, keep in mind, what we're talking about here is mistakes. We're not talking about employers being devious or employers trying to be bad and and trying to hurt employees. We're talking about mistakes, and oftentimes a mistake is made honestly. An employer honestly thinks it's allowed to do something, and I see that with respect to accommodation. So, an employer may say, well, you know what? This person now needs to work from home or needs modified duties. Yeah, that's kind of hard to do, so we're just going to say no, and... We'll tell them that when they're ready to go back to their previous job, to come back to us. Except that's not the law. To do that is a mistake. An employer has to accommodate even if it's hard. Even if it costs money, even if it causes problems, your employer has to accommodate. It's quite a high standard that they have to meet before they can say, no, no, that's just too much. And way too often I see employers back off and not accommodate even though they have that legal obligation. So yeah, maybe if you need modified hours, they have to make some other changes uh, to allow that happen. Well, guess what? They have to do it. If you need modified duties, maybe they have to have someone help you. There may be a cost involved with that. They still have to do it. So unless what you're asking for is so extreme, so difficult, so costly, well, then maybe your employer may not have to go that far. But too often, they say no. That's a human rights violation. That could be a constructive dismissal as well. So always get that doctor's note if you have uh, the need for accommodation, uh, modify duties, work from home, etc. And if your employer won't accommodate, won't give you what your doctor says you need, let's talk about it. Chances are that what the company's doing is a mistake and ultimately illegal.
0: Your employer not paying overtime when they should be also another mistake that an employer can make, as you said, mistake because maybe they uh, they just don't know any better, right, Lior?
1: very common here with overtime. So an employer may say to an employee, hey, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Employee, don't work overtime. We don't want you to work overtime or, or you know, only work until five o'clock today. Well, guess what? Despite this, if you end up working overtime hours because it's legitimate, you had to get the work done, you weren't sitting there twiddling your thumbs, you actually were doing work, well, your employer still has to pay for that overtime. Even if they didn't ask you to, And even if they told you not to, your employer still has to pay that overtime. Remember, in in Ontario, for most employees, overtime is paid if you work more than 44 hours a week. Anything over 44 hours a week is time and a half. Whether you're on hourly or salary, same thing applies to you. So if you work more than 44 hours a week, even if your employer didn't ask you to, that overtime has to be paid. And too many times I've seen employees say, oh, no, 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 we didn't want you to work overtime. We, We didn't ask you to, so that's on you. No, it doesn't work that way. Uh, I, I certainly I'm not suggesting you just work whenever you want. I'm not saying that you just ignore what your employer says, but if you ultimately work that overtime, if it was legitimate, your employer has to pay for it.
0: Hey, Michelle, welcome to the show. How are you? What's going on?
3: Uh, hi, good evening. is uh, my call um i'm an I'm a transit employee. And uh, I was harassed on the bus, I'm a transit operator, I was harassed on the bus by uh, one of the passengers because he wanted to get off at a stop, at at a traffic signal instead of getting off at the stop. And I was not able to let him off, He, he was abusive. I wrote up the incident, the company didn't do anything. Uh, a second time, something similar happened, and uh, again, the company didn't really do anything, but uh, finally, because I had put in the incident report that I was going to go to the Ministry of Labor, they actually came out uh, on two occasions, and they, and that passenger didn't happen to be on board, so they didn't bother to follow up after that. The third time it happened, the passenger actually uh, tried to enter my little workspace, and uh, he was abusive he jumped out of uh, one of the emergency exits and um, into live traffic and uh, before that of course like i said he you know he opened my uh, we just have a little plexiglass uh, between us and uh, the passengers it's not a locked door and when i called for help i did not receive any assistance then i went i had to write an incident report i went and saw a doctor And the doctor suggested uh, five days off. The company paid me only for the day of the incident. And uh, both WSID and the company declined to pay me for the rest of the days off. Two of the days off were my weekend off anyway. And uh, so I was just wondering whether... I, I am part of a union, but I don't know. The unions really... I mean, they've tried to talk to the company, but that's about it. They've
1: not done gone any further than that. They keep saying I should get a lawyer. Gotcha. So, Michelle, gotcha. here's how this works, Michelle. So, obviously, your employer has a very important obligation to keep your workplace safe. Now, I don't know enough about uh, you know transit and, and your specific work to tell you what it is exactly that they can do. But to the extent that there's something that they can do to make it safer for you and and, and for your colleagues. They have to, it's not an option, they must do that. And if they don't do it, despite being able to, then the union has the ability to file a grievance, to, to deal with that, but only the union is allowed to do that because you're a unionized employee. So your union has to help you here, continue working with them, pushing them, uh, and and hopefully you can get a result. You cannot actually hire a lawyer in this situation as a, as you are a unionized employee.
0: And that is the way we're going to wrap it up for tonight. We're back in tomorrow, though. But in the meantime, reaching out to Leora and his team, always welcome and encouraged to do so, actually, with your uh, workplace matters and your questions. And that is 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. The website you can go right to right now, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Back in tomorrow, 630, another edition of the Employment Law Show. Enjoy your night.